This is episode two with Kyle Stokes. Your challenges don't define you. However, how you choose to handle them does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Laugh at Adversity podcast. I'm your host, Gary Savoy. Having overcome medical trauma, I've made it my mission to uncover all of the secrets to overcoming life's challenges and living a better life. Each week, I will bring you an inspiring person or message. You'll hear from some of the most inspirational people on this planet, including those who have overcome adversity firsthand. My goal is to provide you with everything you need to conquer your challenges and to turn your struggles into strengths. Hey guys, I'm really excited about today's show. I knew from our very first conversation that Kyle would be a perfect fit. He's just an incredibly inspiring individual, and he understands that all of the principles that he's learned from overcoming herbs palsy can be applied to any obstacle in life. In this episode, we'll discuss how Kyle's been able to take ownership and pride of his herbs palsy, and why we should never live our lives in someone else's hands. We also talk about why it's so easy to fall into the comparison trap and the purpose behind the one-in-one-K community that Kyle is building. We also talk about the importance of visualizing hope and why you need to starve your fears. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kyle Stokes. Hey, Kyle, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, it's amazing to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. I'm, I'm really honored to have you. Um, I think we connected a few months on uh, on Instagram, if if I'm correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember if you reached out to me first or if I reached out to you. I, I don't remember which came first, but regardless, I was super impressed with your content when I saw your your Instagram feed, and I just saw you know the following you're building up and just the community you have and. I was just, I just felt drawn to that. So I'm super, super honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to you. I actually, not sure how I came across you, but I was super inspired by watching some of your videos. And then as I was scrolling through your feed, I realized that you had Herb's palsy. And honestly, from your videos, I, I wasn't really sure what that was. Yeah. Um, could do you mind explaining exactly what Herb's palsy is? Yeah, absolutely. So Herb's palsy is an injury to the brachial plexus. And if you've never heard of the brachial plexus, I don't blame you. I probably would have never heard of it either if I don't if I didn't have Herb's palsy. <laughs> so the the brachial plexus is a group of nerves um, between the shoulder and the neck, right above the collarbone. And its primary purpose is to control the movement of the arm and the fingers. So when you injure the brachial plexus, you can injure it in uh, uh, different ways. And my particular way of injuring it is called Herb's palsy. And how that affects me is it has created permanent nerve damage in my right arm, um, which you know leads to an amount of paralysis. Uh, my right arm is shorter than my left arm. I have limited dexterity in my fingers. I can actually only raise my right arm. Uh, I I really can just barely reach the top of my head when I when I raise my hand up as high as it can go. Um, so yeah, it really affects the motor skills of the arm. And um, um, so how is yours caused? Yeah, so mine was actually caused at birth. And from what I understand, that is the most uh, 
common form of herbs palsy. So I was actually 12 pounds and 10 ounces at birth, which is a big deal for any baby, right? But especially considering my mother was five foot one. So unsurprisingly, I got stuck on the way out. And I was so stuck, the doctor was trying absolutely everything that he could to to get me out. He was twisting and turning my head. He was using a whole array of tools and different things. And then he actually even had to resort to breaking my collarbone, or he attempted to break my collarbone, I should say. And all of that trauma and all of that that struggle in that moment actually caused the injury to my brachial plexus, which resulted in herbs palsy. So it's interesting because you seem to have a good disposition over everything that the doctor tried. And I feel like it's almost natural to become resentful for what happened. But how have you been able to accept it? Yeah, that that is that's a powerful question because I feel like there are many, many people out there and not just people who have herbs palsy, but people that just have situations in their life that has have been out of their control, situations that that have happened to them that has nothing to do with them. It's just happened to them. You know, kind of the cards they've been dealt in life. And what I have been so motivated to see my particular situation as is not something that has power over me, but I am making the conscious decision to realize that, no, I cannot uh, change the fact that it happened to me, but I can change how I view it. I can change my response to it now. And my response to it now is is that I have power over it. I'm not going to allow this to to dictate uh, my mental view anymore. I'm not going to allow this to dictate my emotions anymore. You know, I'm going to take ownership over this and almost have a sense of pride about it. Um, and then, and, and also saying that if we are living our life, blaming someone else for what's happened to us or living our life in someone else's hands, you will never grow as an individual living life that way. You know, that's, that's not fair to you. That's not fair to the people that, that, um, are around you, you know, cause your whole demeanor is going to be totally showing that in your life. If you are living your life at someone else's hands, you know, you're not really going to be tr- truly living to your full potential at that point. So that has played a, a huge, huge part in my mindset. I think that's just, that's such a powerful answer because, It's so important, and I don't think people realize it enough, that any type of adversity that you face, your mindset plays just a significant role. Yes, it does. Um, So can can herbs palsy, you mentioned that it happened to you at birth. Can it also happen after birth? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like any part of the body, (laughs) any part of the body can be injured at any point in an individual's life, right? So like I said, you know, the most common cause of herbs palsy is a birth-related injury, but you can actually injure the brachial plexus at any point in life. So I've actually talked to somebody on Instagram that they injured their brachial plexus um, in a car accident later on in their life. And you know what? I give the highest respect to that individual and other other people like them because me personally, I have never known what it's like to not have herbs palsy. I've never known what it's like to have a fully functioning right arm and then, um, you know, have it taken away from me. So if you're in that situation, 
And it doesn't have to be just Herb's palsy, but having some form of functionality and then have it taken away from you and then still having the motivation and the inspiration to overcome that, man, I, I give you the highest respect if you're, if you're listening to this and you're in that situation. I really respect you for that. Yeah, coming from someone who actually experienced you know trauma later on in life, it's definitely a difficult challenge to go from a sense of normalcy to a different way of living. So we talked a little bit earlier about meeting you on Instagram. And one of the biggest things I noticed is how much you're into weightlifting. Yeah. <laughs> so even with your your injury, why did you choose weightlifting? <laughs> that's, a, that's a hilarious question because I never thought I would be at this point in life. Um, I'll give you a little bit more of a background then. So um, I graduated high school at 135 pounds and I'm five foot 11. My dad is five foot eight. My mom is five foot one. So, um, you add my small frame with my herbs palsy on my right arm. And of course, you know, the herbs palsy affects the muscles, which causes uh, muscle atrophy to, to occur. And my arm is shorter than my left arm and skinnier. At this point I had not worked out at all. Um, and not only that, I also, and some of you may not be familiar with what this is, so I'll explain it. I ha also have something called pectus uh, excavatum, which basically means your sternum is kind of concaved in a little bit, and it causes my ribs to poke out <laughs> more so than, than uh, you know, the usual person or whatever. And so is the combination of all these three that, you know, believe it or not, I actually had had people uh, make comments about me saying, you have anorexia, you're so skinny. And, you know, that's painful. Obviously, I didn't have anorexia. And um, it's so easy to feel self-conscious with all of those things coming together in your life. You know, I was I was skinny. I just didn't feel like a, like a, I just didn't feel confident in myself. I didn't feel strong. So, I lived life this way, and I think it's a result of, of all of this that I really didn't live a very active lifestyle at all. Um, I was really drawn to living life indoors, kind of a, kind of a homebody. I was really drawn to uh, technology, actually, computers and um, electronics, video games, all those kind of things, really living life inside. And I lived this way for most of my life up until about 2013. And that's a really transformational year for me. Um, very surprising change. And what was going on in my life at that time was I came to a point in life where I really needed to figure out where my life was going. I was examining what I was currently doing, which I was attending a university. I had a internship lined up for the summer to be a software developer. And I was just very confused, if you will. <laughs> I didn't know where my life was headed. So I ended up withdrawing from the university. I ended up withdrawing from the internship. And during this time, a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of anxiety from uncertainty, even depression, things like that. And out of the blue, seemingly, I decided to go for a jog on a treadmill. And it's a little surprising 
um, considering my background. But I will say that my dad has always been a very active man. Um, and growing up, up around his influence, I think I think definitely did play a part in this. He was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, so it wouldn't be uncommon to see him go for a jog or do some push-ups or, or even, you know, pick up some weights and do some curls or something. Um, and so, yeah, this, this day I just decided to go for a jog on the treadmill and that jog on the treadmill turned into a jog and sit-ups and then the jog and sit-ups turned into jog sit-ups and now push-ups. And then not too long after that, I started up, I started looking up home workouts, um, online and I purchased my own weights and purchased my own protein powder online. And I was I was doing this for a period of probably three to four months just at home. And what's so cool is I was actually seeing progress because I was being so consistent with my workouts. And um, my dad, seeing this, I lived at home at the time. And my dad, seeing this, said, hey, Kyle, you know, a guy at work um, convinced me to join the gym. And I've seen how much progress you're putting at home. I'm seeing your results. Why don't you try and check out the gym with me? And obviously hearing that, I felt very intimidated by that thought. I think it's a very intimidating thing for anybody to join the gym for the first time, especially if you've either never been in the gym or been in the gym once for gym class or something, which was the case for me at the, at that point. Um, and... <laughs> and honestly, ever since then, uh, it just, it blew up. It, um, it just really got a hold of me and it's, I haven't left the gym since. I, I would imagine going from your home workouts to a gym must've been a big step for you. Yes, absolutely. It was a huge step, a huge step. Um, going into the gym, well, obviously working out at home, you know, it's just you, you and your thoughts. Uh, with herbs palsy, I have to adapt exercises a lot differently than than you know what the what the normal workout would look like. I have to adapt it to my specific body to hit the muscles in the way that that they're intended to be hit. Um, you know, I have to overcome that that nerve damage, and so I can work all that out at home without the without the pressure, if you will, of somebody else that I do not know and have never met before looking at me. <laughs> it's just me and my, my, <laughs> my family and my, my pets, right? Like, yeah. but then going to the gym, that's a whole nother world, right? You know, you're around, not only are you around machines you've never used before, but you're around people that you've never met before. So there's so many layers, um, of uncertainty there, especially if you're lacking confidence in yourself. Um, so yeah, that was a huge transition. Right. And I can imagine, you know, going to the gym, it must've been challenging at first, you know, considering there are bigger guys there and they're doing exercises differently than you. And I can imagine it might've been a, a bit tough, you know, emotionally and mentally for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is something that I've had to actively overcome and I have actually gained uh, a lot of strength from that weakness. So I'll tell you that it's so easy to fall into a comparison trap. No matter who you are, whether you have herbs palsy or not, or, you have, or you're dealing with something else in your life, whether you're male or female, whoever you are, the fact that you are a human being tells me that you're going to deal with comparison. And what that looked like for me 
is here I am having to adapt an exercise a particular way that really can look a little bit funky to the average gym goer. Um, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm smaller frame, like I said, and then looking over to the guy next to me, you know, he's, he's big, he's doing the exercise how it's intended to be. And it can be so easy to have those thoughts of like, man, like, why do, why does this have to happen to me? Why do I have to deal with this? You know, and you know, here's this guy. He's, I just wish I could, I wish I could be in his shoes. Right. And then that comparison starts to seep in of man. And I'm, you know, I'll, I'll never look like that or, or, you know, just starting to feel down on yourself. But that I can tell you from experience is literally draining you of your abilities. It's draining you of your potential. It's literally life draining you. And that's not fair for you to compare yourself to somebody else because they are not you and you are not them. And it's not fair for them to compare themselves to you. You can only compare yourself to who you used to be. And now at this point, so like I said, I started working out in 2013. It's 2017 now. So four years, you know, I'm finally at a point now where I can look back at my progress. I have old pictures of me. And if you want to see some crazy transformation photos of my personal progress, uh, check out check out the Instagram. It's at Kyle Stokes. And you'll be able to see the fact that I can now compare myself to who I used to be. And not only that physical uh, change has occurred, but that physical change occurred because an inner change occurred in my mind and in my emotions and just in my drive to overcome. So I want to touch on that inner drive because there are people that struggle with going to the gym that don't have an obstacle such as yours. So even with your obstacle, what motivates you to keep going? Wow. So, um, there are there are many motivators in my life to keep going, um, but honestly, at this point, the biggest motivator in my life is um, a realization that what I'm doing is no longer just affecting myself. I'm past the point of of hiding away, working out at my house away from anybody. You know, I'm I'm in the public view now at the gym and. Even I don't know if someone next to me or on the treadmill, whoever is going to be looking at me struggling to, to push up some weight, you know, trying to overcome my nerve damage or adapt. And I don't know the impact that that's going to have on that person. They may they may have needed to see that. Or, you know, if I share one of my stories or something or just a workout I did and the struggles I've had with it for that day on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever, I don't know the impact that that's going to have. And I can tell you that that is the the biggest motivator in my life right now. So you, you mentioned YouTube and your motivation. I think I've seen some of your YouTube videos and you're helping other people with workouts who also have herbs palsy. And I would imagine just seeing the community that is starting to follow you and look to you as, for guidance and inspiration, I would assume that is definitely helping you out with your motivation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's been really cool. I've only been doing this for about uh, two and a half months, almost three months at this point. And I've heard from people all over, even internationally. So I'm based in Ohio in the United States. And I've heard from people in the Netherlands. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So the editor of this um, 
Herbs Palsy Magazine in the Netherlands reached out to me and said, you know, hey, I found your video on YouTube of you doing your bicep curl with your with your arm. And I, I have Herbs Palsy. Herbs Palsy as well. I'm the editor of this magazine. And I just wanted you to know like how much that has inspired me and just our group. And I shared your video in our group on Facebook. And I want to know if you'll write an article for our magazine. And so just that, just that knowledge that what I have just decided to do is making impact overseas in some country, you know what I mean? Um, that's amazing. Uh, I've also been privileged to connect with a teacher over in England, and he also has herbs palsy. And he asked me to record a video for his school's assembly. And he not only featured my story, but he featured um, other people's stories with herbs palsy. And that's just so incredible to to see the such such um, tangible results, you know, and. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, I think it's amazing to see that your purpose has extended from just you and your your workouts and your obstacle to motivating others. And I think it's just amazing the community that you've built, especially with with the community of One in One K. And what is your purpose behind One in One K? And what exactly is it? So One in One K stands for One in a Thousand. And where that name comes from is the fact that Herb's Palsy happens in around one in a thousand people. And I started this. I started the workout videos. I started the, the, the motivational posts. I started it to really connect with other people like me. Um, a few years ago, I actually went online and I tried to find someone that was in similar position as myself, someone who was who was really, really trying to to go hard in the gym and to see results, but was struggling with uh, herbs palsy. And I, I really couldn't find anybody. I really couldn't find anybody. You know, there may have been a question in a forum somewhere, but other than that, I wasn't seeing someone uh, consistently create content for that community. And so it took me a few years to 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 realize this but i came to the realization that there's no reason i shouldn't be the one to start something like this so i just decided to create this community that is dedicated to empowering and educating other people with uh, brachial plexus injuries and not only in the gym but just in life in general to change the mindset but then What's been happening, and I'm in total agreement with this, is that the principles behind one in one K not only affect or not only are applicable to people with herbs palsy or brachial plexus injury, it literally applies to anybody. And that message is, you know, regardless of who you are, you have an obstacle in your path. You know, it may not be a physical obstacle such as herbs palsy, but it may be a mental obstacle or an emotional one or financial or marital, you know, relationships, or maybe it's an academic uh, obstacle for you in your life, or it may be a combination of them because we're all humans and we all have issues and things that we deal with. But you have to come to the realization that those are obstacles. They're an adversity in your life. And you can overcome them. You can adapt to them so that you can go over them or around them or through them, but it is possible to overcome them. I think that's such an important point that you just made because just because you have herbs palsy and just because I suffered from, you know, chronic pain, it doesn't mean we can't help people with, 
you know, mental challenges or emotional challenges or relationship challenges, a lot of the same principles that have allowed us to heal and to turn our pain into purpose can be applied to many other aspects of life. Yeah, that, that is, that's exactly it. Um, I know you mentioned that one in one K is, is still in the early, in its early infancy. Um, but I feel like it's growing pretty well. What is your reaction to the amount of traffic that you're receiving? <laughs> Man, it's, it's humbling. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, it's just incredible to, to be able to help in any way, shape or form, uh, someone who I can deeply relate with. And, um, it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that entirely. It's, it's just, it's a very humbling experience and I'm just so thankful. Um, and I'm, and not only that, but I'm so excited to see how it continues to grow. And I just know that the reach is too small at this point because there are so many other people that need to hear the message. And not only with one and one K, but I know that uh, you and I, Gary, are in agreement with this message, with laugh at adversity as well. And there's so many people that need to hear that message. And I believe that there are people out there that also want to share their story. And they have no idea, you know, how many people they're going to be able to uh, to impact and and further inspire by them sharing their story. And so it's kind of like compound interest, you know, it builds on itself. The more people that hear about it, the more people are going to be inspired and the more it's going to spread and grow. And I just welcome that. And I'm, I'm very excited for where it's at right now and where it continues to grow. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. And, you know, I think it's probably amazing too, for you, because you mentioned a few years ago when you were looking for someone who was also trying to start working out with herbs policy and you couldn't find anyone. Yeah. But I, but I mean, just think now when people are researching and looking for someone with herbs policy and looking for workouts, I mean, they find you. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) it just feels almost unbelievable, you know, to, to think that I would be in a position like that, but it's awesome. And I, and I welcome it and I'm just, I'm very thankful to be in that position. So for people that are, you know, really inspired with this episode and trying to connect with you, where can they reach you? So I would say the main place where I post my content is Instagram and my handle is just at Kyle Stokes. Uh, and then I also post on YouTube. I post some workout videos I'm doing, also motivational content on YouTube. And then I have a personal Facebook as well, just facebook.com slash Stokes Kyle. Uh, also I should say my YouTube URL is youtube.com slash C slash Kyle Stokes. And I would highly recommend anyone who's listening, whether you also have herbs palsy or, you know, someone with herbs palsy, or if you're just looking for inspiration and motivation, I would highly recommend to check out Kyle's YouTube and Instagram accounts, which I'll be including all of the links in the show notes, which you can access at laughatadversity.com forward slash two. So Kyle, these are the last two questions that I like to ask everybody. Um, The first one is, what is your definition of adversity and what does it mean to you? That's a really good question. And I feel that we definitely, uh, you know, went there. and, And it really is to me that adversity to me is the same 
as an obstacle. And that really, no matter who you are, you're going to have adversity in your life. You're going to have an obstacle in your life. So again, you know, that may not look like my adversity in my life with herbs palsy that could look like something completely different for you you know maybe maybe your adversity is you have really considered uh walking out of your marriage or maybe you've really considered out of uh dropping out of college or or maybe your adversity is just your your family dynamic is absolutely horrible and you wish it could be better you know so it it can come in so many different forms but regardless, those obstacles, that adversity can be overcome. And it, and it really takes a change in the mindset first before you see it manifest physically. I can completely agree with you. I mean, the first step is is changing your perspective and changing your mindset because without your mind, you are powerless. Yeah, absolutely, Gary. Absolutely. So the last question I have for you with everything that you've learned from the obstacles that you've been able to overcome and the journey that you've been on so far, what are three tips that you could give someone who is facing adversity right now? <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, so three tips. I would say tip number one is visualize your hope. Like we were just talking about, you know, you, you have to have that interchange first before you see it manifest physically. So, and then you also can't forget that your thoughts become things. And if you're so, if you're so focused inwardly on, um, you know, your adversity that you can't see past that, how are you ever going to get past that? How are, how are you ever going to grow past it or through it? You know, you have to start visualizing hope in your mind, the realization that this can change, you know, that this doesn't have to have lasting power over you, but that you can have power over it and that change can happen in your life. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is with adversity comes fear, right? A lot of times that's the case. A lot of times that's the case. And I've heard it said that fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And I think that is so powerful because so many times we find ourselves in the midst of our obstacles, in the midst of our adversity, and we feel so much fear that it's never going to change or that we're never going to be able to get out of this. Mm -hmm. But why are we so afraid of something that we don't even know is the case? Why are we feeling stress? Why are we anxious about something that we don't even know is true or not? You know? So get beyond that fear. Stop being afraid. Stop fearing over your situation. Start visualizing your hope, clearing away that fear. Seriously, starve fear in your life. Once you start doing that, you're going to be able to, to see things differently, see things a lot more clearly. Wow. So that is tip number two. And then lastly, uh, tip number three, I'm going to start by giving an example. So what if I told you if you are listening and you are, let's say, uh, interested in business or an entrepreneur of any sort, what if I told you, you know, if you give me your email, I'm going to tomorrow, I'm going to have Mark Cuban, the billionaire on Shark Tank, contact you and I'm going to have him arrange a meeting with you so that uh, he's going to listen very intently with your business idea and he's going to share all of his years of knowledge his wealth of understanding, and um, all the lessons that he's learned throughout his life. 
on how to grow a business. And if you walked out of that meeting and said, thank you, Mr. Cuban, I appreciate your time, and you left, and you did not apply a single thing that he told you to your life. Let me ask you, how effective <laughs> would that meeting be at that point? Mm. Or let me give you another example. Not very. <laughs> not at all, right? So let me give you another example. If you're sitting in class at uh, college or university or high school, wherever you're at in life, and the teacher is giving you a lesson, and so you're learning, but then the teacher never gives you a time to test what you've learned. The teacher never gives you homework to apply what you've learned. The teacher never gives you a quiz or any projects or anything like that to actually apply the knowledge that you've learned. So if you haven't figured it out yet, what I'm trying to say here is that our problem in today's society is a, not a lack of information. We live in the most information-dense time in history. You know, 100 years ago, the only real source of information was either a fellow human being that you were able to meet in person or, you know, having uh, access to some books and really, truly only the wealthy had access to large libraries. So we live today where literally we can access any amount of information in a second, literally at our fingertips. The problem we have today is not information, but application. It's taking what, we, what we've learned either through the internet or through a podcast like this mm -hmm. and then applying it to our life. That's the difficulty today. And so I, tip number three is perhaps the most important tip of all. And I am just advocating you. I am just strongly encouraging you to hear, not only hear the things that have been discussed today on this podcast, but to apply it to your life because it's useless. You might as well not have even listened to this podcast if you're not going to try to apply it to your life in some way, shape, or form. So tip number one is visualize that hope. Tip number two is to overcome the fear in your life, starve your fears. And then tip number three is to take what you have heard in this podcast and what you continue to hear from Laugh at Adversity and apply it to your life. And your life will change once you start doing that. That is so powerful. Um, it's just amazing because you're right. We live in an amazing era where technology allows knowledge to be right at our fingertips. And I feel too often we're using it for all the wrong things. Um, and we, we mm. don't apply it enough. So that third tip is, is just amazing and, and so powerful. Um, I just want to thank you for everything that you do for how far you've come and how you're impacting all of these other people's lives with one in one K and inspiring others for more than just someone who has herbs palsy and is, is overcome it. But all of the other people that you are inspiring and motivating and impacting their lives. I just want to take a moment to thank you for everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to be doing. Um, it's just amazing. Well, <laughs> I can only say thank you very much, and, and I feel the same way about uh, what you're doing here on this podcast and, and your website and your blog and your Instagram. You're, you're reaching many, many people, and, and you're absolutely making a difference and an impact in so many people's lives. And um, you know what? I mean, I truly believe that you may not even see the full extent of the change that you're, that you're making right now. It may come 
a generation or two after you, but it is happening and, and I'm just, I'm just honored to, to be a part of it in any way. If you guys enjoyed today's show with Kyle, then please go over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Also, if you want to do your part in creating a lasting impact and help others, please go to iTunes and leave a review. That's the easiest way for the show to appear to others and help them change their lives.